Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the build-up, our podcast here on Balls.ie where we get you hyped for the sporting weekend in association with Labrooks. My name is Mark Fardy and as always, I'm joined by Mick McCarthy. Mick, the sun is out and we're recording a podcast. It doesn't get any better than this. It's the last days of summer, Mark. We're uh, we're hanging on there, and uh, you know we're still at home. We're still looking at each other through video link instead of a person. But you know, I don't know. I know I say this at the start of every week show, but the amount of sport that I'm looking forward to this weekend, combined with the nice weather, it just sort of makes me feel like things are okay again. I know they're not. I know things are borderline disastrous, borderline catastrophic at the moment, um, in all of our lives and in society in general. But uh, Right now, I'm just thinking about the good things, despite the, the fact that I've just brought everybody down for the last 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, we've got there's so much sport going on this weekend, as you mentioned. There's going to be uh, the Premier League, of course. We've got, we're going to chat to Kevin Doyle in just a few minutes, uh, previewing the weekend's matches. Uh, there's GAA, loads of county finals going on across the country. Uh, there's the NBA finals are on. There's the NFL. There's the Dubai Dubai Duty Free Irish Open, of course, this yeah. weekend happening in the golf. Uh, one other thing that's happening that I won't be paying any attention to, Mick, is the European Champions Cup semi-finals. Rugby <laughs> is cancelled for me. Um, this, I just I'm too heartbroken. Don't know what happened after that weekend. It's just it was it couldn't have gone much. It couldn't have gone any worse from an no. Irish point of view. No, it really couldn't. I hope Stephen Ferris isn't listening to you. I think he'd like to, he'd like you to hang in there with the sport in general and not just give up because you're a sore loser. But no, notably, we did give Stevie the week off this week. You know, we'll probably talk to him ahead of the final next week. But uh, I think I might take it. I'll I'll watch the games, Mark. I'll at least watch the highlights uh, out of Judy. I would say more than anything else. But uh, it's going to be very hard to pick ourselves up off the mat from an Irish rugby perspective and watch two great English teams play two great French teams in the semi-finals this again because, yeah, it was just bloody grim. Like, we kind of expected Ulster to lose. We did expect Ulster to lose. We didn't expect them to get hammered by 30 points and never come out with the traps at all. And we expected Leinster to win. I have to say, I'm not, I'm not saying look at me here. I spoke about it here on the show. I spoke about it on, on, on Virgin Media on Saturday morning. I was really worried about the complacency that people kind of forgot that Leinster were playing Saracens, who were the best team in Europe and have been for the last five, five or six years. Uh, I did think they'd win ultimately, but, you know, when it comes to it, like they still were playing a really, really, really good rugby team, even if they didn't have Owen Farrell. Um, so, like, the fact that they've won 25 games in a row this year and lost their last one, we shouldn't completely dismiss Leinster. And, but, like, you know, they're, they, they've won the European Cup three, two years ago. And since then, they've lost to Saracens both times, who obviously in the final last year and could go on to win it again this year. It's not all doom and gloom for Leinster. Let's not pretend this is a kind of a, a new day where Irish rugby has been demoted and the club system is a disaster and we need to you know, tear up root and branch review, blah, blah, blah. There's a few issues there. I do agree. I also don't think we should massively overreact to the fact that uh, matches happened and one team won and one team lost. Yeah, and from an Ulster point of view, it was more the nature of the defeat that was uh, disappointing because it was the same as the Leinster game where like they went yeah. down early, they were behind and then 
He came back slowly into the game in the first half and they were, I think it was 8-3 with a minute to go in the uh, first half. And also, could have, it was, they just couldn't get the breakthrough to get a try. And then Kobe, Kobe would live fantastic footwork, to be fair to him. Mm, gets what a player. The try right on the brink of half, second, second try right at the brink of half time. And it was one of those, just, it was just a complete kick in the teeth. And you could kind of th- say that that was the wind out of Ulster sales. Like the, the comeback yeah. is not going to happen here now. And that was it. It was kind of done all of a sudden when you were actually going into half time going, Jesus, Ulster are right in this game. And I know. then it's like, no. Nah. Uh, so and it's like it's like the two teams have opposite issues as well, and that's before you can even bring in Munster and Connacht and where are they and how are they developing. But like Ulster is like as soon as you knew Cotia wasn't going to play, you were like, oh, they've kind of got no chance. And it's like what Stevie was talking about in last week's show about the lack of sort of ball carrying leaders that are on that team, you know. And you sort of said, right, they don't have that next level. That second team for Ulster isn't good enough, and for Leinster, it's like shit, we don't even know the first team. They're, they've got the opposite problem in that they've got maybe 45 brilliant players, but do they have a guaranteed first team? I couldn't believe it that Connors was picked ahead of Van der Fleer. And, you know, Van der Fleer was arguably man the match in the Pro 14 final. Yeah. And he gets left out. And that happened around the field, really, for Leinster, if you think about it. And um, I don't know. It just It just makes me think especially that back row when you're thinking like, I don't know if you can have, you know, nine top class players who are just coming in week, you know, you can have a very, very good second team who can go and win you the league in the depths of winter when during the international season or whatever. But I don't know if you can have all these guys who think they should be starting the big games every week because there's no level of, you know, team building and I'm sure just camaraderie and everything like that. But I I think you understand what I'm saying anyway. Like, you know, you don't get that flow of playing, you know, five weeks out of six and uh, and developing combinations and blah, blah, blah. Well, there you go. That is our... Uh, <laughs> I think my lack of interest in... in, <laughs> in like I'm, do you know what it is, Mark? I think I'm ready to write off this season. This season should have been over months and months and months ago. We yeah. should be into next season. And I'm ready for it to happen now. There's internationals around the corner. We're going into a new year. Let these English and French teams go and finish out this season. Let them tire themselves out as Ireland somehow, the Irish provinces and Ireland, get reboot in some way and try and was ultimately the most horrible of 2019-20 seasons since the, since the World Cup. Let's just put it behind us and pretend it never happened. Oh, we still yeah, got the fucking Six Nations to finish off. Though, I was about to say, yeah, we've got the anniversary <laughs> of the Japan game coming up. I think it's this weekend. Um, yeah, 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 but anyway, Scotland let us just. move on to a different sport, maybe. There's where we find some joy this weekend because there's plenty, as you mentioned, happening. Uh, we're going to be playing one, two, three. We're also going to be playing the big shout, giving you your chance to win two cakes and a sports biography in a little while. Mick will have his NFL picks and we'll quickly run through all of the GA action that's going on this weekend as well. But up next... We're going to chat to Kevin Doyle ahead of this weekend's Premier League fixtures. We're delighted to have Kevin Doyle on the line now. Kevin, it's the first time we've been chatting to you since the Premier League came back. Have there been any teams maybe that surprise you or have stood out in the opening couple of weeks? Um, <laughs> for excitement, Leeds. Um, just talking off air before we started up. Um, plenty of goals anyway, which... Listen, you're sitting in your neutral and you're watching games, you just want to see some goals and they have brought plenty of goals. Conceded a good few as well, in fairness, but they've been exciting. First game first game against Liverpool was good. They were unlucky actually in that one, but uh, no, it's nice. There's a good feel about them Leeds as well, so I would like to see them do well. In terms of hey. that, some of the bigger teams, um, I think there was a, 
a real statement made by Liverpool last week against like Chelsea to kind of you know everyone's the Chelsea are the talk of the town everyone's forgotten that Liverpool got 99 points last last season and to come out and really dominate a game it was like if you're a Liverpool yeah. fan you're delighted to see and then the other side of that scale is uh, your team Manchester United you're, well the team you're a fan of anyway and uh, like just not turning up for the first day of the season at all against Crystal Palace and suddenly you're like already Oh, the season's you know not done, but like you're you know you're scratching your head already. I'm gonna go for some first uh, uh, sort of you know a bit more calm, measured approach on it. One game, first game of the season. You know what? Like it's it's amazing how we were actually as many United fans were looking forward to this season. Thought things were starting to good finish to last season. Everyone was quite positive. We thought you know maybe another sign or two, but things were looking quite good. Camp Pogba seemed to be on side um, with things again, and uh, just yeah, happy enough about it. And in one game, just turns everyone's attitude, and they need to get rid of everyone. And they've spent two hundred and fifty million. It's the greatest waste of money ever. Soska should be gone. Pochettino should be in, and Ed Woodward should be just you know thrown down the toilet and uh, the Glazers needs to be gone and everything in from one result in one game didn't play well um, but you have to give them a few games at least I thought the one thing that worried me was watching the game they just didn't look fit it's the simplest thing in the world to be sharp and fit um, and that's what annoyed me I mind them playing poor but they just looked they looked half yard off it. They looked slow to every ball. Just, yeah, they and they, they didn't finish strong. They still finished like they were, you know, didn't put a big surge in the end. You think you have a good chance here. You never felt like they were going to come back into the game. Palace looked very good. They looked strong and fit, and they, they shouldn't have looked, you know, they shouldn't have looked so good at Old Trafford. And then, I don't know, I heard a bit of snippet. I didn't hear the full interview, so maybe I'm taking it out of context, but Soscar saying they haven't had much time with players away. And all. Palace are the same. Everyone's sort of in the same boat, and they haven't looked as off the pace as many United. So I'll be worried about that. Um, it's hard to turn fitness around in one week. Um, mm. But I'll give them the benefit of doubt and, and you know, give them a chance to, uh, to, to you know, I still fancy him to beat Brighton this weekend. But it annoyed me, you know, more than, more than this point, it annoyed me. You can't, how can you not be fit? Um, say that little time to turn around at three weeks off, well, you shouldn't lose your fitness in the three weeks anyway. You know, that's even a bigger load of, Baloney because yeah, you should have maintained your fitness pretty much from last season and had a chance to lose it. So whatever they're doing in training has been pretty crap um, in the few weeks they've been back together. And, and um, you know, if Crystal Palace were able to look sharp and fit, Manchester United, I'd imagine they have a million lads working on fitness there in the gym and doing all the things, you know, probably overkill. Um, every player probably has their own fellow looking after them, but yeah, it's not working whatever they're doing. So, um it's a terrible excuse to use, actually. It's an embarrassment for a manager to say, we are not fit enough because it's his job to, mm. to make sure the person is doing it. Get him fit. You're watching him every day in training. You should know. So, um, yeah, disappointing that way. But I'm not jumping on that every, everything needs to be thrown out of Bram and we need all these players and the chairman needs to go and all this. A little bit, give him a chance to, to get going again. Uh, but it's just a waste, I know I'm dragging on here, but it's a wasted opportunity to have such positivity. First game of the season, Crystal Palace, a good win under your belt and off we go. And to be you know, putting out fire straight away just seems like a continuation of the last four years, five years, whatever it's been. Yeah. 
It's probably the same with the transfer market as well, because if they've beaten Crystal Palace, there isn't probably as much worry about yeah. the fact that they're not getting signings in. And then now it's like straight away, it's like, oh, we failed and everyone were trying to buy in, oh. we're going on too long and negotiations. And whereas like, if you look at Liverpool, yeah. I know they're coming off the back of winning the Premier League, but it was a lot calmer and it's going, oh yeah, we haven't signed anyone really, but we've got Thiago Silva in yeah. to start or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And you look at that Man United team, you geez, you know what? To see the starting 11, we're looking quite strong here. Yeah, we don't need, Matt. We don't need much. You know, um, Lindelof and Maguire, but then, you know, you could make a case. What does Harry Maguire cost? Cost 70 million, was it? Or something? 80, I think. Yeah, Jesus. So, like, spend <laughs> money. And in fairness, when they signed him, everyone said, great signing. You know, proper centre half, and he can play football and all. And it's amazing how that changes in a year or two, and you're like, you know, it's, you know, what a waste of money or whatever. But, he, he seems like a fella who proved people wrong to me and he'd come back stronger for it might be at Man United it might have to be elsewhere you know um, but yeah you know on paper you're going into that first game I was looking at yeah Tron Pogba's back in fairness he's had COVID and you know to come back from a virus and be playing again pretty quickly I'd imagine that's taken a bit of a pep out of his step um, so yeah I'm giving him the benefit of doubt um, and I like Martial starting number nine I was quite excited about giving him a you know, a season as the number nine, the main man, and um, he finished last season quite strong in, in that position. And you think you, you really want to go on this season, but again, come back to I don't want to judge him on one game. He can have an off game. It's just a massive pity it's at home in the first game of the season when it would have meant a lot to, to put in a good performance there and nail down nail your colours to the mass. And you know, we don't need to sign new players. We have a great squad here. Just an opportunity, an opportunity missed to um, you know keep the spotlight off him and, and the negativity and. Everything that's gone on and dragged on there for four or five years since Alex Ferguson's left, it just seems to continue. Do you expect them to turn things around against Brighton this weekend? They had a decent enough start, good performance against Chelsea, decent and a good win against Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, they have had a good start, and that's why I'm going to go for Man United to turn it around. Um, I think they've had so much stick, you expect a reaction. Um, yeah. and they've got better players than Brighton, let's be honest. Uh, Brighton, a good team, and they've had a good start. I expected them to struggle this year. And so far, they're proving me wrong again, only two games. But expect Man United to bounce back and show a little bit of fight and a bit more sharpness and a bit more about them um, and, and win the game. It's, um, you know, from memory, I think they get good results in Brighton from, from what I can remember. So, yeah, I go, I go with Man United to win. I'd say they score a few goals. You know, I'm, I'm an optimist and I'll go, I'd imagine something like 3-1 to Man United. And then obviously the big game this weekend on Monday night is Liverpool against Arsenal, which is an interesting one because for Liverpool, if they don't get a win here, it's probably not the end of the world. But should Arsenal get a victory against Liverpool, and they're going into a tough run of games after that as well, they've got a lot of the they've got the likes of Man City and Man United coming down the line. Should they get a win against Liverpool, it would be a huge result for them to kickstart their season and keep that good, yeah. the, the opposite of United almost, the positivity that's around the place going. Yeah, it is a bit of positive. The Arsenal have needed it. Um, it's amazing the positive year in Arsenal. I think they finished eighth, did they? Eighth last year. Yeah. Um, they managed to whatever way. Arteta is very good and he talks, talks really well and he's calm and assured and they've put in some good performances at key times, I think, um, to, to create that positivity. And obviously going so well in the FA Cup last year. Um, it just, it just, yeah, they just seem to be on an upper curve. And I do, I do, you know, he said he comes across well, Arteta. And they haven't, I suppose... You know, in the league, had a big win in a few years. I like gone, you know, a big Sunday game on TV where you know Arsenal have a big win, and they think you know their club is 
coming back here, um, they held on to their best players, their centre forwards. They do score goals, and yeah, um, a little bit of positivity. It's a bit like you know they've been you know Man United themselves have been following a sort of a similar curve. Managers, historic managers with a lot of success leaving, um, and American owners who are who treat their money a little bit differently, but still spend it. And Arsenal still spent money, not as much as the Glaciers did at Man United, but the Crunches, I suppose, still said, spent money. But to do a bit positively about them, um, still think if Liverpool lost, though, to be a little bit of you know worry there as well, because th- that is the talk, I suppose, this season that Liverpool can't be as good as last year. They've put an awful lot of effort into the last two seasons. They played such a high tempo and a lot of aggression and and um, a lot of quality, but to keep that going is tough. And that's, I suppose, that's that's the, the challenge they, they face and what will motivate them to, to try to want to win in their league is to prove people wrong, to prove that we are, we're here for, we're here for, you know, the long haul here. We're not just one season Premier League winners. We're going to do it multiple times. And that's what, that's their goal and their challenge. Um, and for us to question whether they can or can't. And um, just the style of play and how they play, you know, Thiago's a great signer for them. We'd like to see another couple and, um, you know, be, be energy, maybe young, fresh, let, someone who doesn't expect to start maybe every week, but is a really good young player who would make a big difference in, in the front the front end of the pitch, the goal scoring end of the pitch, coming off the bench side of things and that energy, change a game, um, but, you know, won't upset the apple cart if he's not playing. Difficult to sign that type of person, obviously, but, um, like, you know, for Liverpool, I think that they could do with someone like that. Uh, before we let you go, uh, we're going to put you on the spot here. Uh, the one, two free games, we're about to play them. We said for Mick, we're going to do them on the podcast now in just a couple of minutes. We're going to throw them at you here and see, get your predictions for the weekend. So there's a few interesting ones coming up. First of all, West Brom against Chelsea. Uh, two teams that are kind of already a little bit under pressure for different reasons. Uh, what way do you see this going? Um, hard to back against Chelsea, I think. Um, you know, uh, yeah, Village looked a bit like a man under pressure last week on the touchline. Um, he won't be on the touchline this week. I'd imagine that might do them a favour. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I'll go. F- I think Chelsea. I like their. You know, again, don't want to judge them so early in the season, and and I do like their signings. I like the way they're going about things. They've spent the most money, I'd imagine, by far this summer. Um, I, it's hard. I couldn't back against Chelsea winning this game. Um, and scoring a few goals, I think they'll they'll put in a decent enough performance. I go three 0 Chelsea, three 0 Chelsea. Then Sheffield United against Leeds, uh, local derby on Sunday at twelve o'clock. Yeah, a big game actually, and and been plenty of goals as said in 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 from both of them this season. I'm going to go. I'm going to go a high scoring draw. I'm going to go three all draw. Um, I think it'll be a good game. Um, I was going to say the atmosphere will be great. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Depend on which it would have been. you listen to it on. It might be a good atmosphere. Um, yeah, no, that's, I suppose, taken from it. But it would have been a fantastic atmosphere in a long time since they played each other in the top division. But um, that'll be for another another day. But uh, yeah, no, I think it'll be a good game. A few goals in that. I'll go for a three-all. Three-all. Good score draw. Good stuff. And then finally, Man City against Leicester at half-four on Sunday. Uh, this is a potential banana skin for Man City slow early in the season. Leicester scoring plenty of goals since they've come back. Yeah, um, they have started very strong, Leicester. Um, they look, they look, you know, I sort of half thought they'd really struggle this season a bit and, you know, started well again. Um, but Man City, I think, are going to just, I just feel they had the bit between their teeth a little bit this season. And again, talking about proving people wrong, they want to show that they're, 
they've still got it. I'm going for Man City. Uh, Man City win again. East. I'm not really going on a limb with any of these, but Man City win. Um, go for three one. Man City win. Three one. There we three go. One. Uh, we they come off. Um, win yourself hundred euro cash on Labrooks.com. <laughs> Plenty of entertainment is right. <laughs> Uh, this happens, lads. If you be glued to the TV, all these goals. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, Absolutely. Kevin. Thanks a million. We'll chat you again soon. No worries, lads. Good talking to you. Great stuff there from Kevin. Some interesting picks in the one, two, three, and also if Brighton versus Man United three one, he said uh, to United. If that comes off, it's twelve to one on Labrooks.com. Mick, yeah. it's our time to pick a one, two, three. Before but, we uh, do, Mark, right? I just had a realization when we were going through the games there. Right? I'm looking at the Premier League table. There's uh, five teams have a hundred percent record, um, having played two games, and then Manchester City and Aston Villa have a hundred percent record, having played one game. You take Aston Villa out of it, the other six teams are all playing each other this week. Go ahead. Yeah, Leicester, Man there City, Everton versus Palace, and Arsenal versus Liverpool. So uh, the table at least three of the seven hundred percent records are gone after uh, after this game. This is this is what happens in the the world of the Premier League. You don't get the rest of your laurels for long. But and I, it's live. You know, I'm actually looking at this going, oh, Palace and Everton on Saturday at three o'clock. That's the best Saturday three o'clock game in years. No, it isn't actually. It's just that they've won their first two games. <laughs> so it's disguised as a, as a big game. It could all change very quickly. Uh, anyway, they've won two free games this weekend. It's your chance to win 100 euro cash on labrooks.com if you correctly predict all three of the games. If you get one right, you win a euro free bet. And if you get two right, you win a five euro free bet. If you get all three, you win the 100 euro. First up, West Brom against Chelsea, as we mentioned. Kevin's gone for 3 0 here. What are you going? Um, so I made my picks before, uh, Kevin. So I'm just looking at what I put in. And I have to say, they're very similar. It's three same results. And two different score lines, but very similar. I'm going for four one in this one. Four one. I'm going to say I'm going to be more conservative and just say two one to Chelsea. I think they yeah. concede. Um, West Brom are minus six already after two games. Uh, they've struggled so far. Yeah, uh, they don't look a Premier League team at the moment. That can change over the course of a season, but you'd worry that they're kind of playing the Norwich role uh, this season. Yeah, definitely. And then Sheffield United against Leeds. This is going to be a tasty one, a feisty one for 12 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Um, I think Leeds are going to win this, even though they're away from home. And I think they're going to win it. I'm going to say just 1-0. I think it's going to be the opposite of everybody's thinking. I think it's going to be a boring 1-0 win to Leeds. Okay. I um, also don't think it'll be ridiculously high scoring. I don't think it's... I just think the laws of big numbers would suggest that there won't be any big numbers in this game after the two Leeds games. Sheffield United obviously a lot better at the back even though they'll be without John Egan. Leeds will do very well to get a draw here and I think it'll be one all. Yeah, I'm going to end up like... If, the, if Leeds keep popping up one, two, three, I'd be like Mark Lawrence and where someone will go back through the five years of the predictions he made in Football Focus and Liverpool will have never lost a match. <laughs> <laughs> Mad City against Leicester then on Sunday, the big one. Uh, Kevin, as you mentioned, went for 3-1 here to City. What yeah. do you think? The Paul Dickoff, Ian Acho derby here. Um, I would say that Manchester City are going to win this 3-1. They're very good on Monday night, I have to say. They're so just you're going look, the same as Kevin. like the yeah. old Man City. I think... I think it could be a little bit more of a struggle for them just because, again, although they didn't look at... They're the same as Chelsea and United coming back late from the extra European games and Wolves would have had an extra European game as well so maybe that was kind of that the two teams are on a similar yeah. fitness level there so I think they'll still win it but maybe I'll go 2-1 rather than 3-1 so I'm going to be okay. a bit more conservative than you and Kevin 
But there you have it. You can get on to labbrooks.com yourself and play one, two, three. As you mentioned, if you get all three right, you win 100 euro cash. And even if you don't, if you get one right, you get a euro free bet. And if you get two, you get a five euro free bet. And the game is completely free to play. Up next, we're going to play the big shout. All right, hold it. Steady. Just hold it, Alan. Push him out. Steady, David, don't. Get round. No, no. don't. Bloody. Yes, big shout time. It is your chance to win two, two cakes and a sports biography by correctly giving us a 25 to 1 or greater prediction for the sporting weekend and have it come off. There were no winners from the entries that we got this last weekend, including myself. I was miles off. But we have one person who we think we might owe two cakes and sports biography to make uh, is in the form of our golf expert, Mike. Guru, Bailey, I think, is uh, how he lives. Guru, no, whatever no. you want to call him. We call him. Uh, I call him the Oracle at Houston. There we go. Uh, uh, Mr. Mike Bailey, who was on the podcast last week previewing the US Open, and he had the most outrageous uh, record with his predictions. He, he called out five golfers, right, that were, he said might be in with a chance. Uh, some of them, like John Ram, was an obvious one. He was second favorite going into it, and actually, I think may have ended up, and Matt Fitzpatrick, Matt, 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 excuse me, Matt Fitzpatrick was miles off. John Ram was then, I think, the next horse. But then after that, he had Tony Finnow, yeah. who finished, I think, ranked tight eighth. And then his other, his other big picks, his big one, the main one, was Bryson DeChambeau. What happened with Bryson DeChambeau there, Mick? Now, he won the tournament by six shots. Uh, he Mark. won the tournament by despite, six shots. Despite yeah, the fact yeah. that he was about fifth favorite. And, and had, he was had 25 a, to one, exactly. Had a terrible so a big show. Uh, FedEx Cup series. Yep. Um, and then... you know. Uh, Mike Bailey uh, had another pick. He said someone who he a really liked, uh, who was at 50 to 1, I think it was, uh, Matthew Wolf. Really loved his swing. Where did Matthew Wolf finish? Uh, he was second, Mark, I believe. Yeah. Uh, good yeah. player. Good young player. He could have won the tournament. Final round. Yeah, he Unbelievable. Was, uh, won, back, won back on the on the turn on the turn as well on the back nine. So, yeah, I have to say this isn't one of those things where somebody comes on a podcast and sort of like tips somebody, but then mentions forty two other golfers in a field of a hundred. He literally he's mentioned five. He told us about Rory. He told us about Dustin Johnson. He didn't tip any of them. He had five guys who he mentioned. Uh, three of them in the top ten, the winner and second place golfer. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> It's so, we've already booked Mike for the Masters so if people want to come back and, have, <laughs> and see we'll have a special show on the, hopefully the Monday before the Masters uh, where we'll get some tips for Augusta the special November Augusta um, and Mike's our man I'll tell you what you I'll go. be listening to him this time Definitely. Well, this weekend, uh, I am back in charge of the big shout. I'm going to try and come up with a prediction Redeem to win myself that couple of prize. If you, you want to enter... that worked out, and I, I couldn't remember your big shout, but something happened like it was like a last-minute goal or something. I was like, oh, that's in Mark's big shout. And I had no idea. I think everything else went completely wrong. I had Leeds to win, Everton to win. I think I had Arsenal half-time and West Ham full-time, which absolutely was the opposite. <laughs> no, you, sorry, you didn't. You had Arsenal half-time and Arsenal full-time. And what happened Arsenal, was, sorry, I, I, remember, yeah. I remember what happened now. Uh, Michael Antonio scored in injury time in the first half. Yes. <laughs> to, to to and I was thinking, ah, that's Mark's big shout gone. Turns out it was probably yeah. already long gone. Dustin Johnson did come back and finish in the top 10. I was about to say, yeah, I, yeah. Did, I, I was like, Dustin Johnson as well was gone after a couple, of, a couple of rounds, but he came back, you know, 
regrouped and came back strong. So I've earned myself another shot at redemption here. Uh, if you want to enter, you can send it to the gaffer at balls.e. Email us in, put the big shout in the headline. Here's what I'm going for this again, just to get your, get your um, thought process going. If you're thinking to yourself, what can you put together? First up, speaking of golf, the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open, right? Shane Lowry is by far and away the highest ranked uh, player taking part this weekend. He also is the standout favourite for it. But I'm looking a little bit elsewhere. I'm going to look at the second favourite, right? George Kutsia, South African. He has been in brilliant form. His last two uh, results... Very, very well for Ulster this year. Yeah, exactly. His last two results of the European Tour. At the Open de Portugal, uh, last weekend he finished tied third. The weekend before that, he, fi- he won the Portuguese Masters. Uh, he has two other uh, big finishes. I don't think it was in the European Tour. It was a different tour uh, and since post-lockdown. So he's been in flying form. So I am going to put him in just to finish in the top 10. He's 5-4 to four to finish in the top 10 at the Irish Open this again. So that's going to start me off there. Then it's three more picks, and they're all related to football. So we talked about Leeds against Sheffield United uh, there in 1-2-3, and I explained why I thought they're going to win. So I'm putting Leeds onto this as well. And then the other two are Everton and Wolves. Everton are playing Crystal Palace. Uh, this is a tricky one um, because they're away to Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, obviously, after beating Man United um, last weekend. Hands and getting an opener. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the open weekend beating Southampton. Are in decent form, but Everton looked very good. So I'm going to go with them again this weekend. They didn't let me down last weekend, so I'm going with them again. And then West Ham against Wolves. Another one where you could actually see West Ham getting results here, but I think Wolves will want to get off the mark after the Man City game at the weekend. So I think, well, to do West Ham, I want to get off the mark, but I don't know, West Ham seems to be a bit of a disaster at the minute. So I'm going for Wolves to beat West Ham. So no, the, West Ham, if, this, if that game even happens. Yeah, that's the other thing. But look, we wait and see. It's a three away wins. And George could see you finish in the top 10 in the Irish Open. That comes to 23.8 to 1 on Labrooks. But Labrooks are giving me a, uh, an odds boost. And with the odds boost, it lifts me to 25.86. So basically 26 to 1 for my big shout. What do you think? Uh, it's, it feels less than 25 to 1, which I think is a key for a good big shout. Yeah. It could happen. Obviously, as usual, you need a lot going for you. Um, but I'm very hopeful, Mark. I'm very, very, very hopeful. I think you're putting a lot of um, a lot of faith in Leeds United, who have conceded seven goals in two games. And Sheffield United have lost their first two games, and they're not a, I don't think they're a zero points out of three games type of team. That's my worry for you. Um, and that's all, really. Everything else I'm very confident in. There you go. The one thing I'm the thing I'm least confident in is the actual West Ham Wolves game going ahead. But sure, yeah. uh, we'll have to play that by year. Uh, but there you have it. You can send your big shout to the gaffer at Buzz.e. If it comes off, you win yourself two cakes and a sports biography. You don't even put the bet on. Just send us a screenshot of what the odds are from the Labrooks website. And if it comes off, you'll win yourself that coveted prize. If you are having a bet though, over the sporting weekend, please do gamble responsibly. You can visit dunlewy.net for more information. It is almost time for us to go. Mick is going to give us his NFL picks though before that. But first up, Mick, I just want to quickly go through a couple of other things that I'm really excited about for the weekend. So first of all, the Formula One is back. There was a weekend off last week. Uh, it genuinely is really exciting at the minute, even though Lewis Hamilton keeps winning. But uh, I mentioned this, uh, I think it was in last week's show or the week before, that... The last two races have been two of the most interesting races in, in 
living memory. I'd say the one in Italy was probably the best race since Jensen Button's one in Canada, and like it was 09 or 2010. Right. So uh, there is definitely, you know, there's plenty of talking points going into it, including the one that Lewis Hamilton is going now for history. So with this one, at least if he wins again this weekend, it would be an interesting one because he is trying to equal Michael Schumacher's record of 91 race wins. Yeah, there's an interesting actually tidbit on this is that uh, your favorite show on Netflix, which is called, no, I was going to say All or Nothing, that's the Tottenham one. What's the F1 Drive to Survive? Drive to Survive, that's it, uh, which I haven't watched yet, but you keep telling me it's good and I think it's going to get me back into Formula One, which is why I'm afraid to watch it because I don't have time in my sporting calendar to sit there for two hours every Sunday. But, uh, they are obviously back in for this season again, for season three, but they've been given unprecedented behind-the-scenes access to Hamilton and Mercedes this week uh, as he tries to equal the record um, so that they're going to be on the scene for that. So I think this could be the whatever you, you, you're telling me it's brilliant access anyway. Apparently that's going to step up like to another level altogether. So it, in the weird, weird way, I don't think this is going to happen like in perpetuity for the rest of the season. So in a weird way, you almost want Hamilton to win this week so that we get the drama yeah. of the behind the scenes. Exactly. You know, um, uh, then again, I don't want Lewis Hamilton to win. So it's, God, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough one to decide on, Mark. But look, but, you will, whether you want it or not, you'll be watching. That's the thing. It's got yeah. you hooked in. So that's yeah. happening this weekend. And then obviously the GA action. I just want to very quickly go through all the different, there's loads of obviously matches going on this weekend, but some of the county finals that are happening, right? You've got, these are the ones that aren't on television. The Kerry final, East Kerry against Mid Kerry, the senior football final, the Fermanagh football final, the Tipperary football final, the Wicklow Hurling final, the Loud football final, the Roscommon Hurling final, and the Leitrim football final. They're all happening this weekend, along with a load of other semi finals as well. And then on television, on Sunday, you've got Ballyhale against Dixborough in the Kilkenny. Hurling final on TG Cahar, followed yeah. by Ballyboden against Ballymun in the Dublin football final on TG Cahar. And wow. then the previous night on Saturday evening at seven or a quarter past, quarter past seven, I think it is, Kingscourt, Kingscourt against Crishalaw in the Cavan senior football final. Mick, we've made the big time. We're wow. on RTE television. RTE. And now Cavan Gales in sight. What's going on? Well, there you go. That's a. Uh, it looked like, for all, I remember I mentioned this, I know you were uh, getting annoyed at me for talking too much about Cavan football <laughs> a few weeks ago, but when I was talking about the quarterfinals, I said the winner of Cavan Gales and Rama would probably jump to favourite to win the championship overall. Yeah. That weekend, Cavan Gales went out and ran out convincing winners against Rama, um, really put them to bed. I think it was nine or ten points in the end. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head what the, the final score was, but I think it was about that with a margin. Sure enough, Ahead of the semi-finals, Cavan Gales go in as massive favourites to win the thing overall. Yeah. Then on Sunday evening, Kingscourt upset all the odds. Their star player, Porrick Faulkner, who people might know from the Cavan senior football team, he's a real kind of a throwback to one of those all-action, hard-as-nails type footballers you would have had in the, you know, the people that we kind of revere from the late 90s. The, um, the, 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 who would you call, describe them as? The Mick Lyons, the Francie Bellew. The, yeah. the sort of um, centre back <laughs> slash midfield slash oh, everywhere at club football yeah. uh, he goes off injured and one of those as well where he like by the time he went off injured he literally but then he gave in and was like alright I'm going to have to come off here he literally couldn't walk two steps without having to hunch over because he's after getting a bang in the stomach yeah. uh, so it looked like and Kingsford star player or their great for Joe Dillon was already out injured he injured himself in the quarterfinal he was gone for the rest of the season so you're like Kingsford have no hope here 
And lo and behold, they go out and beat Cavan Gales. Uh, so they're in the final against Law. It's a novel pair, and both neither of them were in the Crystal were in the final two years ago. Uh, but um, Cavan Gale or Casarahan have been in the final. I think it was five years in a row before that. They were beaten after extra time by Crystal um at the weekend. So you're going to have a new winner in the Cavan Senior Championship. It promises to be a really entertaining game. Hopefully, Parik Fortner is back and fit to play. Just um, obviously from a Kingston perspective, but also because he's a great player and it kind of is the final that you'd, you wouldn't want to see him miss the final over, especially um, in terms of you know getting his letting his talents be shown to a wider mm. audience. Crucially, you'll know uh, Dara McVitie that plays for Cavan, one of Cavan's best players. Unfortunately, he's missing because he's away in Australia traveling for uh, for the year. He's still not home yet. I think he won the Sydney Senior Championship at the weekend, so uh, <laughs> he already has a championship medal in the back pocket. But uh, they um, we're missing him, but they're still flying anyway. They've got lots of brilliant young players, a few more lads in the county. So I'm telling you, it's going to be an entertaining match Saturday evening. Right, okay, well that's uh, Mark's backhander from the Cavan County Board sorted anyway to uh, get the ratings up for Saturday night, but no, looking forward to it, Mark. Uh, I just want to say as well, the Kilkenny Hurling final there that you mentioned, like people will have seen it, I don't think we talked about it on the show, but the semi-final uh, from Ballyhale, like, you know, arguably one of the greatest club matches of all time on television and how they kind of survived it is sort of anybody's guess. And I think it, it's, we're talking about Lewis Hamilton and, you know, all the kind of like the trying to find interesting stories in sometimes what is processions and, you know, uh, the, the win, the, 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 the successful people always winning, but like Bally Hale, who obviously won last two All Irelands, and you know what they're doing this year is kind of like hanging on a little bit. You know, what I mean, and if they can go and there's, it's a very interesting story. It's so Kilkenny in a way as well. Like you know, to see a team that might not be at their very very best anymore, but still getting the job done and doing it in a different way than they have in all the other years through sheer battling and will to win. And like, really, what's great about sport? You know what I mean? It's not all just the kind of skill and the overpowering and the fitness. Sometimes it's just the bottle as well. And um, I don't know if 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 you know the are on their level or not. I really don't. But we'll find out on uh, on Sunday. But uh, I definitely think it's one to watch because Ballyhale could be that you know lovable old team um you know uh this this year and look obviously there's unfortunately no kind of all ireland or anything like that for them to for them to defend in the end but they have the kilkenny championship to defend and uh they're almost there somehow yeah exactly you can check out all the the tv listens and what all that for the ga um, action this weekend on our website as well and keep an eye across the website to follow all the ga action across all the different stuff that'll happen and undoubtedly there'll be plenty of drama uh, across those finals uh, but Mick before we go NFL yes. picks I did well your last first, week it was huh? your first attempt last week of the new season how did you yeah. do yeah so you're pick, I'm picking three games against the spread every week um, I was 2-1 and one last week and you know quite comfortably on the two that I did win and was kind of unlucky a little bit on the Bucks and Panthers I mean I would have scraped it the Bucks were winning easily for the whole game but they were minus nine and a half and the Panthers did come back into it like a lot in the second half and got well within a touchdown um, but I think the book scored then late on and ended up, I think, covering by 13 and a half or, or 14 and a half. I lost out by four and a half points anyway, but it was a late touchdown by the books. It was as close as you'll get to three and all, I would say. But I've had a look this week. It's already tougher, I have to say. There's a lot of injuries in the NFL. It's also very hard to kind of keep up with them in a way because people expected this to happen. No preseason, uh, shortened camp. These guys are finely tuned athletes playing basically. Nightmare fancy football. 
Yeah, it absolutely is. They're playing the game of basically, you know, uh, you know, uh, consecutive car crashes. Um, so there's always going to be injuries, but it's even worse so far. Week two was an absolute uh, demolition derby um, and not that many people came out of it. But there are some, um, some picks I've made. Uh, anyway, um, the first one actually is two teams that have lost a lot of players. The uh, San Francisco 49ers are at the hapless and rather useless New York Giants. The only uh, thing the Giants have going for them is Saquon Barkley, and I watched him do his ACL. He's on my uh, Dynasty Fantasy team, uh, desperately trying to replace him this week, uh, getting like really uh, disgraceful offers of trades from people who know I'm desperate. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I watched that happen. It wasn't good. But the 49ers also, like, I mean, they their best defensive player, probably the best defense, one of the best defensive players in the league, Nick Bosa. He was out for the season. Um, running backs are gone. Different players all injured. Uh, and most worryingly, Jimmy Garoppolo looks like he's going to be out for a few weeks um, with an injury as well. However, they have uh, Nick Mullins coming in to play quarterback. He did that a couple of years ago as well and did it quite well. I fancy them to beat the Giants by more than the three and a half points they've got, even with all those injuries. I think you're actually getting... Uh, a good deal on the 49ers because of the injuries. Um, so I think they might be one to look at their team who obviously lost the Super Bowl last year, people will remember. Um, the other game I'm looking at, Mark, then, is the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys won a game on Sunday. I don't know if you saw any of it. They won from, by 40 to 39. Oh. It was insane. They were losing to the Atlanta uh, Falcons for the whole game. They were losing by 20, 30 points for a lot of it. They scored a touchdown at the very end and then had the best onside kick I've ever seen in my life where the kicker just kicked it along the ground. Didn't look like it was going to go 10 yards and just rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled. Nobody knew what to do. They jumped on it and they got the win 40, 39. It was an insane game. Uh, I, saw, I saw a stat, by the way, that some... <laughs> This is, I'm not sure how accurate this is. It was from uh, Cousin Sal on the Bill Simmons podcast said that any team that ever scored 39 points in an NFL game and didn't have a turnover were 440 and oh. He's looking anyway. up like. <laughs> I don't know. That's a fair point, actually. These gamblers, they know everything. Uh, but anyway, look, uh, the, the Cowboys are going to the Seahawks this week. The Seahawks uh, beat the Patriots. They look very, very good this year. I do think the Cowboys are better than they showed at the weekend, though, and they're given five points, and they're a playoff contender, and five points is a lot. I fancy them to get within a field goal if not beat the Seahawks. So uh, the Cowboys plus five for me there. And then the last one, the massive, massive game, the two best teams in the AFC, the champions, the Chiefs, against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. That's on Monday Night Football this week, actually, so it won't be seen until Tuesday morning here. And um, the Ravens are at home. I'm not sure if it came down to the playoffs, if the Ravens would win, but I think in week three, when the Chiefs are still kind of getting going and the Ravens are on a mission and they I had them last week. They won easily They're against the Texans. They're brilliant at the moment. They've got three points, minus three at home, and I like them to cover it. I think they might win this one by, you know, 10 points. Another game that's happened this weekend that caught my eye uh, for two different reasons is Patriots against the Raiders. Yeah. Because you have the Las Vegas Raiders now, uh, who for some reason decided to have the Killers play on top of a... Um, Mr. Brightside on top of a skyscraper to celebrate that at halftime yeah. at the weekend uh, which Why not? I don't think anyone nobody was complaining about despite the, I, just, I don't really understand what it had to do with them being in LA other than the killers like to play in, in Las, Las Vegas, Vegas. and the killers yeah. are from Las Vegas oh they're from Las Vegas yeah. of course the fucking the uh, 
And the Madden video as well is out in the desert. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> The, the, the hometown, so the, exactly. The hometown it was band. a welcome from the hometown uh, uh, megastar rock band to the uh, the new uh, American football team. Even though nobody else the was there. I was thinking of the killers in sort of a Britney Spears Las Vegas kind of way, you know, like gotcha. just as a residence. residence. Yeah, rather than <laughs> when I read residence, <laughs> obviously someone said, "Yo, the killers from Las Vegas." And I was thinking, "Oh yeah, like they're you know, they're always playing there." <laughs> it's like well, who'll be who'll be there next week? Elton John, is it? Diana Ross. <laughs> Mariah Carey doing uh, all I want for Christmas <laughs> in the middle of September but anyway Patriots against the Raiders so Raiders Las are 2-0 Vegas doesn't care for uh, out of towners um, uh, uh, Raiders are 2-0 yes. uh, Patriots are uh, after obviously said they won their opening game with the loss to the Seahawks at the weekend yet they are 11-4 on to win this yeah why are they such heavy favourites are the Raiders not as good as their 2-0 record would I don't know. I think it'll take a bit of time for the Raiders to, to for people to believe in them. I also don't think they're as good as their two and a record suggests. And I don't know. I'd st- I see. I think. See, I'm just looking at. You're saying the odds there. I'm looking at the handicaps, like plus six and a half. I do think that's too big. I'm just wary of going against the Patriots after losing last week. Yeah. It, uh, and I definitely wouldn't be taking the Patriots minus six and a half. So. Yeah, that's where I kind of stand on that. Ultimately, I would say that the Patriots will win the game, but I think uh, it's almost like the Raiders have been awful for 20 years. The Patriots have been good. Basically, since these teams played each other in the famous uh, snow game, or the, as the Patriots fans call it, or the tuck rule game, as the Raiders fans call it, when the Patriots got a very, very lucky uh, refereeing call that basically launched their dynasty, dynasty in 2001. And um, ever since then, both they've gone in completely opposite directions. And it's very hard for people to suddenly say, oh, yeah, the Raiders, they're going to go into New England and beat the Patriots easily, you know. But maybe yeah. times are changing. We'll find them. Bring that back up next week if the, if the Raiders win. There we go. Well, look, it's going to be an interesting weekend in the NFL and indeed in all sport. And we hope you enjoyed the show today. You can get in touch with us by tweeting at BallsDOTIE or get us on Instagram or Facebook. You can find us there at Balls.ie as well. Uh, please do rate and review the show and subscribe to the podcast. You'll find us by searching the build-up on Balls.ie and all good podcast apps. If you're having a bet this weekend, please gamble responsibly. You can visit dunlewy.net for more information. But until we chat to you next week, find yourself. Find yourself.